What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Apaji. I'm joined by Fazel and Rohan for this episode. Vinay couldn't be here, unfortunately. It's been an interesting few weeks in the Mavericks universe. A lot to talk about. Um, you know, sorry we we took so long to record a, a new episode since our last one. It's been a lot going on, but where to begin? I mean, I think the big news of this month was that Mark Cuban is selling a majority stake in the Mavericks to the Las Vegas Sands Corporation, headlined by Miriam Adelson, uh, which will make Patrick Dumont the governor of the Mavericks and make Mark Cuban the alternate governor of the Mavericks. Huge news. I don't think we're going to talk about it fully on this episode, but it, of course, bears mentioning. Um, we'll probably stick to basketball on this episode. Um Basketball that has been pretty good for the Mavericks in the last few games. In the month of November, especially towards the end of the month, they were struggling a bit. Um, and that was capped by back-to-back losses to the Memphis Grizzlies and Oklahoma City Thunder about 10 days ago in a back-to-back. Um, but after that, the Mavericks have won four straight games after Luka Doncic became a father. So congratulations to him. Most recently, the Mavs beat the Lakers 127-125 to 125 tonight. We'll get into all of that. Rohan Fazel, what's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Mavs are on a winning streak. And the previous three games before tonight, it was kind of like taking care of business, even though, of course, the team's been injured. And, um, you know, probably could have argued, hey, a loss here would have been understandable, but no, they pulled through. And then tonight, you know, second night of a back-to-back against a good, mostly healthy, rested Lakers team. Um, no, this was a really gritty performance, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with all things considered. I'm doing personally pretty great, uh, getting over a little bout of illness, but uh, yeah, the, these Mavs wins have been inspiring. Especially, like Fazel said, without a lot of key contributors, uh, there have been times, especially throughout these games, and we'll get into it, where we haven't been so sure about it, but the team has pulled through. So, very happy yeah. right now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm really happy too. I mean, this is the first, the Mavs are on a four-game win streak. This is the first time that they've done that, literally since the first four games of the season. Um, you know, after the first four games of the year, when they started 4-0, and they had kind of you know fallen into this 500 trap where it was win one lose one win two lose two and so they weren't really able to build on that but with these last four wins the Mavericks have been able to improve to 15 and 8 on the season and as uh, our friend Dalton Trigg pointed out the Mavericks never got above seven games or or they never got above six games over 500 last season so this is undoubtedly the best start that they've had under Jason Kidd and a lot of it, yes, has come against inferior opponents, but there have been some quality wins interspersed, like this game against the Lakers, uh, the win against Houston, um, you know, a win against the Clippers a few weeks ago. So there have been some good wins, including a win against the Magic on a second night of a back-to-back uh, a little while ago at this point. But I think the most impressive thing, like you mentioned, Rohan, is just being able to do this with uh, a less than a less than full health roster. I mean, they've been missing Grant Williams for many games. He just came back tonight. Josh Green has been out for the last few games as well. Maxi Kleba has been out for over a month at this point. Um, Kyrie Irving got hurt 
last Saturday against uh, Portland, or that was last Friday against Portland when Dwight Powell fell on his feet. Um, Derek Jones Jr. got hurt last night against Memphis. He missed tonight's game against the Lakers. And then tonight, Seth Curry got hurt against the Lakers and missed the second half of this game. And I didn't even mention that Tim Hardaway Jr. has been in and out of the lineup over the last few games. Came back in a huge way tonight, um, scoring, what, 32 points. We needed every single one of them tonight. So it was a total team win. The Mavericks have been pulling these games out. Um, And at this point in the season, when injuries pile up, you really don't care how you get it as long as you get the wins. And the Mavericks have been doing that. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, there's been a lot to say about the defensive struggles all season. And this game wasn't exactly a defensive showcase, for instance, even though the Mavs have been better on defense in general lately over, um, I forget the sample size, but over basically the last, I think, seven games or so, um, maybe 10. But no, like you said, a win is a win at this point. I don't really care. Like if if you have to choose between playing great defense and winning a game, I mean, I think we all know what everybody's going to take. So um, this performance was very uh, heartening, especially again given how un- um, understaffed the Mavs were. Yeah, gutsy win, and Dante Exum has been quietly contributing very well and being very assertive in his time on the floor. And tonight was just, you know, the, a lot of people called this the Dante Exum game, and and I can't find any reason to not call it that. I mean, 17 points, I think, in the fourth quarter uh, has been huge. His defense, I mean, he's a pretty skilled basketball player, good at dribbling, decent playmaker, but nonetheless has also shown us that he's developed that shot, which I don't know if he was necessarily known for that, uh, in his previous stint in the league, but uh, been consistent on it. And without Tim, without Josh, you're going to need guys who can defend, make plays, and make those open threes. And we got that tonight. Yeah, I mean, Dante Exum has undoubtedly been the story of this four-game winning streak. I mean, in addition to Luca playing like the MVP of the league, um, that's something that we should always mention because we tend to take it for granted. We'll get into that later, but I think Dante Exum obviously has been the surprise. I mean, you know, he's been playing well this entire season, but over these last four games, he started to showcase aspects that we hadn't really thought that we would see this year, um, namely his scoring. Um, but I think, you know, he's just done some of the things that we've you know, we've, we've observed this whole season, which is rebounding the ball well, pushing the tempo, making smart plays, finding open guys, uh, making the right reads. I mean, Dante Exum is a true professional, and tonight was really his coming out party. Like you said, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Seven made three-pointers on nine attempts tonight. 26 points. I believe that's a career high for him. Four rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, just one turnover. He had some big plays, not only scoring offensive rebounds. I mean, Dante Exum has been truly a revelation for the Mavericks. And as we said in the summer, don't doubt Dante. Yeah, he um he had a career high and made threes in a game. I think his old career high was five. So he smashed that record. Um, And he was one or two points away from matching his career high in points. So, you know, all things considered, I think, I'd 
go as far as to call this the best game of his career. You know, I don't know exactly what he did in Utah. And I think he said that career high in Cleveland, but, um, you know, in terms of impactful basketball on a winning team, he's never done anything like this before. I mean, yeah, you, Fazel, you and I watched this game tonight. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he had so many open threes. And every time we were like, oh, this is going to be the time that he missed, but he just kept hitting those shots. And he was, you know, I wouldn't say he was the reason the Mavericks won, but without him, where would the Mavericks have been tonight? I will go as far as to say without him, the Mavericks lose this game. I will say he is the reason that they won. And it's it's just because it's a game of runs, right? It's That's not to diminish anyone else's contributions in this game. I think Grant Williams was really good tonight as well. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. was brilliant as he usually is, actually, and has usually been this year. But Dante Exum had that run that if he hadn't had it, the, the Lakers, they can go on runs very, very easily as well. So, and with the Mavs lacking so much depth, it was Dante Exum's game tonight. And yeah, the Lakers did go on a run tonight. Um, You know, the Mavericks were leading by double digits for the majority of the first half. They went up by as much as 15 at one point, and it looked like it was another one of those games where the Mavericks were going to outshoot the Lakers. But like many of these Mavs-Lakers matchups, uh, the second half shooting kind of dried up and the Lakers were able to make a run and make it close. But the Mavericks, led by Luka Doncic and Dante Exum, um, you know, really took control of the game in the fourth quarter. And and that duo really, you know, really carried the Mavs to the finish line. I mean, and we can't, you know, we have to mention Tim Hardaway Jr., of course, who came back from missing the last game um, with back spasms. He had five three-pointers tonight on 10 attempts, 32 points in the game overall. Three big charges um, drawn on defense, three ferocious dunks. It was just an awesome game to see from Tim Hardaway. He deserved every minute, every point that he scored. Um, and to, and Grant Williams had missed the last few games. I think he's missed probably the last five games at least with, uh, with knee soreness. But he came back tonight in a big way. Again, five made three-pointers, seven attempts. Three rebounds, an assist, finished with 19 points, was a plus seven in 40 minutes. I mean, this was the Grant Williams that we were seeing at the beginning of the year. Absolutely needed that from him. And it was a total team win. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm talking about all these guys, Dante, Tim, Grant. Um, the biggest reasons why Luca finished with 17 assists on the night, of course. Um Lively, he did his thing, like not the biggest scoring night from him, but, you know, obviously he impacts the game in so many ways that aren't on the stat sheet as well. Um, provided great defense and that block to seal the game against Austin Reeves was, you know, very, got us both very hyped. Um, and even backing him up, you know, in those minutes for Sean Holmes, like obviously I don't think he's going to be the first, second, third, fourth or fifth maverick player that people think about but uh he he played well and i thought that was notable because he played well against the lakers last time or i mean decently i should say you know he brought it in terms of energy and rebounding and overall just a presence in the paint um again even if he is undersized and has lost a step athletically like at least he tried and hustled and wasn't quite as goofy out there as say you know dwight powell (laughs) So, oh yeah, Dwight um, Powell was a DNP. I didn't even notice that tonight. Yeah, no. 
overall, like I, I can't really think of anybody who I could be frustrated at, except maybe, you know, slightly Jaden Hardy, but I don't even want to focus on that. Like overall, just great night tonight. Um, I keep on, I, I'm, I don't want to keep on saying this throughout the season, but this is very clearly a different team than last year. And, you know, even if the overall, I still believe that last year's team was talented and besides just, you know, personalities, not meshing you know, the trades, team chemistry and like injuries, especially, um, you know, kind of derailed that team. So even if the talent level is not as dramatically different as some people are saying between these two teams, um, just overall, it is a lot more mature and professional. And um, I think this team actually has a, stands a chance, a, a really good chance of making the playoffs solidly without, you know, being a playing team. Yeah, nights like tonight, even though the Lakers aren't necessarily, I mean, they just won the, what is it? The the championship. The the, the <laughs> The IST. Uh, I really didn't pay attention to much of it. I mean, I saw Tyrese Halliburton was great. And you know what? Love to watch him play. I love LeBron. I don't care about that tournament. But uh, they're not They're not necessarily a bad team. But we're going to see what this team can do against one of the two teams with the best records in the NBA uh, here on Thursday. And what I do have to say, because we haven't done a podcast in a while, is Derek Lively has shown has shown some flashes of some moves that I mean I'm not thinking that he can be consistent on them yet, but they're fundamental big man moves, right? His post game, just like baby hook, um, his rebounding, just his natural instincts, all of it kind of feeds into it. And if he if he can add that to his game as something that he can like patent down this early, yeah, the, the team can actually make a little bit of noise compared to my expectation that they would honestly last around maybe two, but not make a lot of noise this season. Yeah. I mean, there are still very clear holes on this team. Um, ones that might be able to be fixed this season, ones that might have to be carried over to the off season. But like Fossil said, I mean, this is a much different team than last year. There's just a lot more professionalism, a lot more, um, buy-in from players into their roles. That was a big problem for the Mavericks last year. And ultimately, there's just more talent on this team. I mean, the Mavericks didn't have a Dante Exum on their team last year. They didn't have a Grant Williams. They didn't have a Derek Lively. Um, they didn't have a, you know, they didn't have a Seth Curry for that matter too, a Rashawn Holmes. Like, these are all guys that, you know, yeah, you don't think of them as necessarily um, – players that can swing a playoff series, for example, but these are all guys that add up on a roster. When you have more talent, that talent adds up. And, you know, in some cases, uh, the hole is greater than the sum of the parts. And the Mavericks have done that a lot in the Luka era. They're doing it again this this year, but it just seems like the players that they have are just a little bit better on average compared to what they've had in the past. Yeah, and... For a league that has kind of deprioritized defense a little bit, um, for Grant Williams to be I, – I know he's been out for, let's say, what, five, six games, right? But he has had nights where he is extremely off and his shot is not falling, um, and he is not maybe the fastest defender, but 
you can stick him on a guy like LeBron and it's going to be harder to move him around. Right. And I don't know, I don't know how many guys in recent Mavs history you can kind of compare to that. So he can kind of go unsung a little bit, especially on matchups like tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the time off from the the lineup was perhaps needed for Grant, especially because, you know, before he missed time with injury, he had cooled down a lot um, from that hot start that he had at the beginning of the year. He looked pretty, uh, pretty beat on both offense and defense. And so it was nice to see him look fresh again tonight, hitting his shots um, and also making an impact defensively. So uh, it was great to see that. You know, one one thing I'm sort of starting to wonder is, I mean, the Mavericks are playing pretty shorthanded in a lot of these games. I mean, they're missing four or five guys uh, every night over these last few games. But at the same time, like, it's allowed guys like Dante Exum to step up. Um, you know, even even Jaden Hardy didn't have the best game tonight, only one for seven. But against Memphis, he had, he had 19 points. He made, I think, four threes in that game or five threes. Like, it's just allowing guys to get their confidence up. And we've seen the Mavericks' defense improve also over the last 10 games. They're in the top half of the league defensively. So, I mean, it's it's not a one-to-one comparison, but I almost wonder if it sort of reminds you of, you know, all those COVID absences back in 2021-22. Uh, the Mavericks were struggling up until that point, but that point in the season really allowed them to figure out who they were as a team. It allowed guys to really learn their roles. It allowed the team to learn the defensive system and, once they got all their players back, they were a completely different team. So, um, you know, injuries suck, but I think one of the biggest silver linings of this whole stretch is that the Mavericks are, or Mavericks players are getting the opportunity to really step up and discover their game and know their role. And I think when everyone is healthy again, it, it could really, um, you know, help them out and, and take them take them further than we expected. And he wasn't there tonight, but I, I think a part of this is also Kyrie's presence. Uh, it's it's been clear this season, and I think last season in Brooklyn, although I wasn't watching a lot of it, he's put a focus on being a very team-oriented player, making plays, being cognizant of where he catches his teammates with the ball. Um, and this season, I mean, without him, it is really concerning. Without him and Josh Green, where does the playmaking come from, aside from Luka? Right. Uh, We've answered some of those questions, but there's Tim Hardaway Jr. had some passes tonight as well that were just absolutely, absolutely insane. Um, So this team has stepped up, I think. And when Kyrie comes back, I think this team, the ceiling has been raised, frankly. If Derek Lively is healthy and Kyrie is back, I'm way more confident. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another guy who we didn't really talk about, but, um, you know, just more fuel to the fire, like Seth, I don't know exactly what he did in the first half because uh, part of it, I was driving for that. But, um, you know, we lost him during halftime with left ankle soreness and still, you know, we managed to pull it out. And I think that's why Jaden Hardy got the start in the second half. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not sure if the Mavs are actually legitimately this deep enough to be doing this night in and night out, but to at least have some semblance of a next man up mentality. That's huge. That's exactly what you need for the playoffs. And, you know, any sort of like serious team needs to have that. 
And um, I guess one last thing before we diverge too far is on the topic of Grant. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm sure this time off did wonders for him. But um, even going back to Boston, like he was a very streaky player. Um, and I think partially his conditioning hasn't always been the best in his career, which I think I'm not exactly sure why Joe Mazzula and he didn't get along too well last season, or at least allegedly that was the case. Um, but it makes me wonder, like, obviously he came through to Dallas and there's all this talk about him assuming a bigger role and trying to branch out, develop his game even more. And, you know, I'm still all for that, but I guess if push comes to shove, like if he needs to have a lower usage role to truly excel and maybe, you know, not be leaned on as heavily and just play more like a role player, a high end role player than like, you know, expected to be a high level starter. That's okay. That's perfectly fine too. It's not like he's exactly making a huge bag either. So um, I think going forward, it's not, imperative it's not like an absolute need that we have to start grant and give him 30 plus minutes every single night i'm not talking about this season but you know in the next couple of seasons whatever if he's still with the team like and hopefully you know with this team built to be a lot stronger too like you know just aim big like why not (laughs) yeah i mean you know grant williams is, is a solid role player um and obviously when we he brought or when we brought him to Dallas like he was going to be counted upon to expand his game and he has done that a little bit like like you said he is a streaky player and we've seen both ends of it this season we've seen when he's super hot and we've seen when he's had a cold streak and so that's just the Grant Williams experience um at the same time i think he is still important to what they do uh but like you said it shouldn't prevent the Mavericks from trying to go out and and perhaps upgrade his spot in the rotation because at the end of the day, one of the biggest problems that this team still faces right now at this very moment is that they still are a very small team. Um, They don't have a lot of size. And while Grant Williams is a strong player, uh, he is not a tall player for his position. Especially, you know, you look at his arms, they're shorter than, than average for that position. Um, and as a power forward, 6'6 is still kind of small in this league. So uh, that's obviously got to be something that the Mavericks are looking to upgrade. And if it means demoting him to a bench role, then then so be it. Uh, but I do think that Grant Williams is probably going to be a starter for the foreseeable future until that player is acquired. All of that is very well said. I kind of want to pivot because we've talked about injuries a little bit. Um, Luca has had a couple quotes. I think after the birth of his daughter, he's naturally been tired. And I think today or yesterday, he said he was getting old. <laughs> kind of funny to hear from a 24 year old as a 26 yeah, today, right after the game. <laughs> so, I mean, he's also been in and out of the lineup. And I know the Mavs have played a lot of back to backs recently. That is a pretty big concern, obviously. I- I'm. That's probably my biggest worry on this team because it's been shown that with Luca and without Kyrie, this team can kind of stay afloat. 500 or above is a reasonable expectation. Without Luca, who knows, right? So, I mean, I think the only game Luca's missed this year or this season was that one Memphis game. But to your point, like, Absolutely. It was the exact same deal last year where, you know, he had no help whatsoever. And 
this year it's mainly because of injuries that that's the case but um see i i see the exact same overuse warnings and last year it was december that he peaked and if he does the same this season you know if he plays great in december that's awesome but you know uh it's going to be the same old issue with like that concern about overuse and of course you know um well now we have Kyrie, but he's hurt currently and he might be hurt for a couple of weeks in what is the toughest stretch of the season i know jay tweeted that this is like a very inopportune time for all these injuries to be occurring which is 100 percent true um i'm definitely an advocate for luca getting some rest more rest in these games because i i think it's just long term for his health it's the best um you know all these injuries he had last year like such as the thigh for instance which nobody's talked about in a minute but I don't know, like what's going on with that? What's going on with any other number of things that doesn't get talked about? Like he did take in that Memphis game um, yesterday, he did take some hard collisions with his back. He's banged up all over, but he's still out there playing and it's very admirable. Um, it's part of the reason I think why he should be considered a front runner for the MVP to be doing all this. Like he's, you know, putting on that same effort Jokic did um, in 21-22, I want to say um or no sorry 2021 yeah that that was the year um so yeah but with all that being said like it's tough though to rest luca um because that one game he did rest we got you know soundly defeated by that same memphis team that is you know pretty garbage without jaw and steven adams and all those other dudes so um yeah i i think unfortunately <laughs> A game without Luca is still going to be a scheduled loss, no, almost no matter who you're facing. So uh, it's very resting him is just got to be a very strategic decision. Like for instance, this Minnesota game that's coming up, I wouldn't mind resting Luca here because they are the best team in the league record wise currently. Yeah, I mean the over usage concern is definitely something that <clears throat> needs to be watched. I mean, I think the good thing is that in the earlier part of the season. And we're still in the early part of the season, but like, I mean, let's say the first 10 games or 15 games of the season, Luca didn't have to overexert himself as much because we had Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, we were playing a softer schedule. Of course, these last two games, Luca has played 44 minutes and 43 minutes uh, in back to back. So that's obviously a high workload for him. And, you know, obviously, as long as Kyrie is out, he's going to continue to get that workload. Um, I do think that a rest game is in order for him because he's been, you know, like you said, he's had the thigh injury dating back to last year. Um, you know, in today's game, he was getting his ankles iced. Um, you know, his, his back has been uh, injured too. So he's playing through some, some pain right now, but obviously kudos to him for doing it. And he looks amazing still. So um, I think it's still not quite a concern right now, but if this goes on for like, let's say another month where he's having to play, 40 to 42 minutes per night and Kyrie Irving is still hurt, then I think is when you start have to start getting concerned. But um, right now, I'm not as concerned just because the circumstances necessitate it. Yeah, I, not much more to say. I mean, there are obviously anxieties, and I do think it might be smart to rest Luca for some of these more scheduled loss-seeming games. But knowing Luca, I think the competitor in him Coach Kid is not going to be able to 
turn that tide. I mean, I think if Luca is able to play on Thursday, he will play that game, and whether we like it or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the map schedule right now. They do have a back-to-back December 22nd and December 23rd. Uh, maybe one of those games could be a Luca rest night because they're playing, you know, in Phoenix on Christmas. Obviously, you want everyone healthy for that game. They do have a back-to-back December 27th and 28th. Uh, so there are some times that Luca could rest. But at the same time, like if you're winning these games, it is a little bit tempting to keep, you know, pushing forward and seeing how much Luca can give you. But I do agree that you do have to keep the long-term picture in mind and you don't want a situation like last year where he just completely burns out and now you're you're struggling in the most important point of the season. Yeah, I think hopefully, you know, it just comes down to the Mavs as a medical staff, which um, some question marks there. You know, you don't know what happened exactly with Casey Smith, but whoever's in charge now, um, hopefully they have a you know, access to all the advanced metrics and tech that'll be able to tell you um, when Luca and whoever else needs a break, which, um, you know, dating back to many years ago, even during the tanking years with Dirk, they had that kind of stuff. Uh, I very distinctly recall that Jeremy Hopesopple guy. I'm so sorry. I don't remember the name exactly, but he was one such guy who um, helped revolutionize the Mavs medical staff like that. So you know, it's all part of being a competent basketball organization. Um, there's that. And hopefully, you know, of course, Kyrie comes back healthy and ready to play well. Um, obviously, you know, we did lose that one Memphis game where Luca was out and Kyrie put up a stinker. But according to him, he was hurt, like his foot was hurting. So um, was it his foot or his ankle? Either one, like, you know hopefully Kyrie is still able to carry a team to some degree, um, which we kind of saw last season right after the trade for him. So yeah, I don't know. There are hope and especially, you know, going forward uh, once the schedule gets a little easier um, in the middle of the season, you know, hopefully things can um, calm down some then. Yeah. I'm not sure if there's really much else to say for this episode. Yeah, I don't know either. I think we covered most of the basketball things. I mean, right now it's uh, it's a point of the season where it's just kind of survive, and so far the Mavericks are doing it with a with a good degree of uh, you know aptitude. So we just got to see and hope that they start to get some players back from injury, and you know, hopefully on Christmas we have a close to fully healthy roster. Yeah i I can't wait for the casino arena. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say about the Mavericks on this episode. Man, that 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 that'll be something. There'll be a lot of uh, emotional post game gambling from from people, win or lose. Oh yeah, they're, they're <laughs> gonna get a lot more money than just. I'm gonna regret a lot more than just the price of the ticket. Exactly. Exactly. Some of those losses. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But yeah, we we got to talk about that too. I mean, it's 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 been a few weeks since the the news of that broke. I believe the sale is on track to be official on December twentieth. So uh, maybe around then we could uh, give it its its due. But obviously, a new era is is coming for the Mavericks in that respect. I mean, Mark Cuban, of course, is still going to be uh, reportedly fully in charge of basketball operations. So from that perspective, things won't change. But 
anytime you have a new owner, things are going to change. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Obviously, uh, salute to Mark Cuban for a great uh, 20 plus years as the majority owner of the Mavericks. And uh, I hope that his influence can still be felt on the team, despite what many might think. Have said that I better mean, myself. We we <laughs> saw him. Con- he was the first person to congratulate Dante Exum uh, yeah. at around twelve seconds to go in the fourth. So I mean, he's still very much active on the court. We'll see how that continues, but it's good to see uh, you know one of the most engaged owners in the NBA uh, continue to be active with the team. For sure, I think his his energy is still going to be. Uh... You know, a key part of the Mavericks going forward, and and you know, excited to see now that we have some, you know, really rich owners, uh, what that could do for our ability to to spend money. But we'll talk about that soon. Um, Rowan Fossil, appreciate you guys for joining. Uh, I know this was late for you, especially Fossil, and for me, but uh, no sympathy for me. But <laughs> glad we made it happen. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of the Mass Film Room Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode, definitely sooner than uh, three or four weeks. So uh, thanks, everyone, for following us on Twitter at Mass Film Room. We just recently hit 12,000 followers, so appreciate you all for that. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go Mavs. We'll see you soon.